Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is after the 83rd week. I'm your host, Dr. Damien Gibson, or one of your hosts, sorry, Dr. Damien Gibson. And joining me, as always, is the man who has done so much for professional wrestling. He's been knighted for the cause. It's Sir Matthew Cafe. Welcome back to the feed, my friend. I think it's been almost a year. Oh, no, that's not true. We recorded at the beginning of the year. We did a one-off episode. But since it's been almost a year since we've done a WCW episode. It's Jesus. That's a uh, well, and we've skipped we've skipped a couple of years uh, to get here as well. Um, by the way, I, I just would like to be introduced from now on as the living legend. Uh, I think the Larry Zabisco introduction <laughs> is really delightful. I don't know why more people don't use it. The living legend. People, I, I do remember that from like that. We're now a hundred percent at the stage that I remember. Like yes, I, I almost remembered everything about this episode. It's like, oh, yeah, Rick Stein is feuding with NWO and Sting is champ and Wolfpack's coming. And like, I, yeah, I almost like, and Hulk Hogan had screwed over Macho Man. And well, we, we, we suspect he has. We don't. So just because it was a car painted in his colors, uh... <laughs> I actually yeah. don't remember. Like that, I'm in this beautiful kind of fugue state where, like, when I'm seeing it, mm. I'm like, oh, yeah. But I could not. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what happens next week. I, I literally could not remember. Like, I know I know the basic beats because I'm mm. a wrestling fan, but I can't tell you when. Eventually, Vince happen. McMahon buys the company. That's That happens. Yeah, God. That's the end of our podcast. What a horrible that's... way to end the podcast. <laughs> that is. It is. It is. <laughs> we are just hurtling towards a downer. You tell you what, though. The, what I didn't remember was how over Larry Zabisco actually Yeah, was. right. People were chanting for him at the start of the show. For, like, forever. Basically until a bell was rung. It was just like, it's okay. Unbelievable. It's like someone's obviously in the ring going, and we're on. And people are just like, Larry, Larry, Larry. Like, like if like, he rocked up to a WC, if he rocked up to a, an AEW show now, people would, you know, politely clap. But, like, people, he was genuinely a thing. Hmm. I mean, he was a big star, right? In the eighties, like late seventies and eighties, he was a pretty big star. Like I know it was. Yeah, I mean, he, on he, he Saturday, turned on Bruno. Yeah, and it, wasn't he part of the Saturday morning WCW or NWA? Sorry, stuff. I'm, I, I'm not sure, that? but that that horrific uh, QT Marshall Cody Rhodes storyline that they did was 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 the Bruno Larry Zabisco storyline, except you're talking about someone who'd been champion for 10 years and one of the greatest technical wrestlers of all time. And on the other hand, you've got mid-card Cody Rhodes and uh, QT Marshall who shouldn't be on the show. Uh, I, look, I know you've been um, on paternal leave for, uh, for a bit, but we, we don't mention the name Cody Rhodes on WrestleWolf anymore. He's been banned. Oh, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, that's not true. I, I, I actually tried to watch Raw. Like, we do this every time. I actually <laughs> tried to watch Raw this week, and I got oh, like a good 15, 20 minutes into it, um, and I didn't hate it because it was all Roman Reigns bloodline stuff but literally the intro the first 25 minutes like mm. the first segment was a good 24 25 minutes but you, when you say like oh you know it wasn't it wasn't that bad i got about 20 minutes in that that leaves you only 2 hours and 40 minutes to go you have well, not, you have the whole length of the batman to go well, i'm not going to see like i know what's happening it's like, oh, okay, well, these guys are feuding with... So Roman's feuding with Drew. 
the Usos are feuding with um, RK Bro. Cool. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorted. I don't need to know anything else, right? I'm not hanging around for the brilliant in ring technical stuff. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not hanging around to see. Not an AJ Styles Finn Balor fan? Yeah, but Finn Balor's coming to AEW anyway. Bullet Club. You <laughs> see his little Bullet Club tweet that he did a couple uh, of weeks ago? I don't know, man. I don't I don't think I want to see Finn Balor if, if, in AEW. Prince David can go to New Japan. That would be cool. Go I feud with Jay White. I that's way that cool. I think that's, I genuinely think he might show up at Forbidden Door. But why is he posting Bullet Club stuff on Twitter? He's in because he's just teamed up with AJ, isn't it? Because him and AJ are a team now. Oh, are they? Yeah. So they, I th- if I was New Japan, I'd be getting on that real quick, threatening to yeah. sue. <laughs> that person can't be friends with this person in there. Um, remember yeah, the please. club. Remember the club. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. Remember that? I was just like, they've already done it. I was like, if they if they call it like the club or anything, I was like, oh, hang on a second, they did it with the Good Brothers and AJ Styles. It was like a thing that lasted like three years. The the <laughs> Missile Club, um, yeah. God, that club sucked. Um, I really hate the Good Brothers. The Projectile anyway, Club. Anyway, we're not here we need to talk to... about WWE. Well, we are here to talk about WWE a little bit later on, but we're here to talk about uh, WCW Monday Nitro. I almost went to say AEW Dynamite. Same thing. And um, <laughs> uh, we have, there's a couple of things that we need to get you guys up to date with. So we decided to not do the two years of WCW that's really good. We've just skipped <laughs> from when it gets really good to where it starts to get really bad. So we're now at the 84th week. Is that right? Am I getting our maths That is correct? right. This is, the, this is the first week that Raw lost, uh, Nitro lost to Raw in the ratings. In a year and a couple of months, yeah, well, eighty-three weeks. Uh, so we're going, we're starting from here because we hate ourselves and we didn't <laughs> want to allow ourselves the pleasure of watching the year and a half of good wrestling. <laughs> we did really stop. We did really stop just as the NWO were launching. You know, Chris Jericho had just turned up. All these kind of things, and now we're going to miss all the best bits of of almost everyone except for Chris Jericho. We're kind of doing mini arcs. I feel like we could sort of do that anyway. Like we could do the next six to twelve months of this, and then go back if we wanted to, or go skip forward in time. It doesn't. We don't. It's, we're the bosses. We can make up our own rules as we go along. It might be confusing to the listeners, but you know, they'll hang in yeah, with us. They have for, so far. <laughs> for for now, just assume you're going to get. Every episode of Nitro eventually. Yeah, so we're we're hoping to do so. We'll we're going to go through our best, worst, and wait and see, which I know seems a bit redundant on a show that's thirty years old. Uh, <laughs> moments, <laughs> and we're going to release an episode each month. So hopefully that we'll have enough time to be able to do that, and then we can actually get to because we were saying this in the last, let's just say, season of reconsidering <laughs> WCW Nitro. Uh, how excited we were to watch like the last year and a half, two years, and to see how bad it actually mm. is. Um, but I, this episode, um, I actually I had a ball watching it. Like I, I, I enjoyed. I'm not saying there was a lot of good in ring wrestling, mm. <laughs> but the actual show itself, I really enjoyed. It was, in many ways a shit show but also in other ways like there was 
so much as it like there was so much good in this show that you're like oh okay you know you get to see all the people it, it was like it was like ha- you know catching up with good friends it's like oh kevin nash is blonde now hmm. uh, you know Bret hart's depressed <laughs> rick steiner rick steiner's going up oh, against God. the nwo big big but we've got the last time we saw uh, Marcus Bagwell, he was in the American Males, American Males, and uh, <laughs> and now he's uh, Buff Bagwell, who's also doing some great uh, like left wing work on Twitter as well. By the way, if you want to check out Buff's twi- Twitter, go, go Buff. Yeah. It is. It is. It is great. You know, mo- most most wrestlers are really you know confrontingly, uh, confrontingly uh, conservative and have really full on conservative views. But I reckon there's going to be a lot of wrestlers that are pretty upset about this Roe versus Wade stuff. Uh, they've <laughs> not a lot of pro lifers, I would suspect, particularly the old like Jake the Snake must be having like a retrospective heart attack. Oh yeah! Imagine if this was. Be- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get into the episode in a bit more detail, is there anything? I mean, God, it's been a year, but is there anything you've been watching non WCW but wrestling wrestling related that you've been enjoying in the last little uh, bit? I mean, obviously, I've been I've been watching uh, Dynamite. I watched a uh, I watched, uh, I, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm, I'm gonna go the Ring of Honor show. Uh, the, the first one back. Uh, Samoa Joe coming back. Somehow, I'm there. There are is recordings on this feed. If you are the kind of psychopath that wants to go back and listen to live reactions to things, uh, where we were doing dynamite while Samoa Joe was NXT champion, and I was like, Samoa Joe's done, man. He's not good in the ring. He looks <laughs> shit. Uh, his promos aren't that good. Like, it's just over. Like, it just, it sucks. And as soon as he came out in Ring of Honor, I was like, oh, there's the best wrestler in the world. Biggest star. All right. There we go. Good. <laughs> just the whole I've... show. It was such a delight. I smiled, smiled the whole time like a freak, like a like a, a lunatic. That whole, that whole card, I've never had a more... Um... I've never gone into watching a pay-per-view with less um, expectations and being mm. more delighted than, you know, because just looking at the card, I was like, oh, God, Wheelie Yuta and, like, and I get I understand. All right, and I was wrong, okay? I was wrong, everyone. Wheelie Yuta's great. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, if I don't make rash calls, there's no podcast, all right? So just get off my back. <laughs> And uh, if I just go, yeah, I love everyone, well, then it's a 30-second podcast. So, um, but uh, yeah, like when you're looking at the card, you know, I was just like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'll support it because I, I like what Tony's doing and, you know, Ring of Honor and da 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 And it's my pay-per-view of the year so far. And I can't, I mean, Forbidden Door's happening, so that's probably going to be well, everybody's favourite, right? I, but, I think yours is yours is going to happen when CM Punk wins the title at Double or Nothing. Uh, I think that'll yeah, be yeah. That'll... But I've really, really liked Hangman Page's championship run. Uh, I know I'm one of the few people who seems to be a proponent of it, but I just think when you look at the quality of the matches, mm. you've got a pretty oh, interesting theory it. about Hangman well, I th- Page. I that think it's that like... you have a shit run with the title where you're not top of the card, you're not the most important thing, and he hasn't been the most important thing on the show. Mm. Uh, 
you know, all all he's doing is creating moments for video packages and in 13 months when MJF is champion and he's just defeated, you know, 10 faces in a row and then, you know, he, he's got the title and he's cheated and he's smiling in the ring and Hangman's music comes on. People are going to be like, oh, shit, that guy, he's a world champion. Before this, he wasn't a world champion. Like, yeah. You know, Jericho's always a world champion. You know, all these people have been world champion time and time over. Kenny Omega never needed to win the AEW title, potentially. But, like, you know, Hangman needed to have... Bret Hart had that shit run as his first run, and now you're wearing his T-shirt 25 years later. Yeah, to be fair, I would be wearing it anyway. It would probably (laughs) be a Hart Foundation. There'd be, like, a Jim the Anvil little face here. Yeah, you, know. you just like his laugh. You were, you're all. You're, you're, when people ask me about you, I always say he's a he's a Nightheart fan. He's big Anvil <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, that's why I've only, that's why I've got uh, just the Brett uh, <laughs> Funko Pop. Um, yeah, God, I look obsessed. I just realised how obsessed I look. <laughs> it's insane, especially considering the contents of this episode. Let's just skip to just... when Bret Hart comes to WCW. <laughs> I just want to put it on the record that this was Matt's idea, not mine. This, this was my tonight. idea. <laughs> uh, just, just, just before we go off that Ring of Honor pay-per-view, I've got to say, people go on about the height thing in uh, in AEW and like, oh, they've got all these short guys, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's, it's semi-true. Like, it's a whole bunch of short guys. Jonathan Gresham is the smallest man and it is such a delight to watch him wrestle like he does. Like he, uh, he it's phenomenal. It's great yeah, to watch this tiny little fellow. We have to get a Jonathan Gresham versus John Silver match at some point, right? Well, in, if as long as they keep John Silver around, it seems like uh, the Dark Order's already half, well, yeah, Stu Grayson's gone. Stu Grayson's gone, and that's frustrating. I mean, I just, I don't get why you wouldn't it, just keep the Dark Order around. People love them; they're over, you know. Like, but I suspect jobbers, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a thing where, like, Tony's a, you know, a territorial guy. Like, he couldn't agree with Cody. Sorry, he couldn't agree to to terms <laughs> with 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 Stu Grayson. He's, you know, these people go off and do three years somewhere else, and you know, learn a new hold as. Bruce says, I think, or JR says, or one of them, you know. And then, you know, go go to Impact, go to New Japan. Like, Stu Grayson could be a big fucking deal. He's great in the ring. He's, mm. you know, charismatic. He could turn himself into a bigger star and come back and command whatever fucking contract you want. Would you, I mean, is it is it at the point where the Dark Order does get broken up? Is it, I mean, it's been a three-year thing now. Yeah, I don't know if we if we need the main event run for the issue. The, the issue is the Brody Lee thing. Like they sort yeah. of have put themselves in this corner where like Brody Lee's kid comes out every few months, and you know there's just this gang of dorks. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we, we we should we we can talk about that on another thing. We, we anyway. do. Uh, are you watching something else that's not that's not? I for some reason the other night, and I don't know I. Don't know why the words came out of my mouth, but I turned to Kelly, my partner, and was like, "Do you want to watch the Longest Yard, the Adam Sandler one?" <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, fine, put, do whatever you want," uh, which seems <laughs> to be her answer to everything now. 
now that we're almost 12 months into the relationship. like, yeah, fine, whatever, just leave me alone. Uh, so I watched The Longest Yard, and the amount of wrestlers that are in this film is insane. Now, I know that you're a high art kind of guy, so I assume you haven't seen this film, but it has the great Carly in it. These are all on... Um, these are all on Adam Sandler's Mean Machine side. The Great Carly, Goldberg. Uh, I knew I was going to forget one. Oh, and on the other side, on the um, prison guard side, is Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Nash. <laughs> There's four pro wrestlers, and they—it's they, not just bit parts. They're like they are characters in this ensemble cast who have lines, who are major parts of it. The only thing is they completely missed out on the Goldberg Stone Cold Steve Austin dream match. They were all <laughs> hoping for they don't have any interaction with each other. There was nothing. I was like, oh, maybe they'll bump into each other in the football field or something. Nothing. There you go. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that, that I give it one star. <laughs> Margaret? Uh, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. It's an Adam. So it's. A f- okay film because it's completely ripped off from a really good English film called Mean Machine. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't watch that kind of thing. I prefer prefer the early work of Ingmar Bergman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I did, you know, I watched The French Dispatch the night before and had a wonderful wanky time with that film. Oh, that's so. very, very corporate, you know. I was, I was uh, sunning myself... Uh, <laughs> And, and reading the poems of uh, Dario Argento. Uh, mm, mm. I don't know why I picked Italian uh, Italian gore horror director, Dario Argento. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, there's no corrections this week because we haven't done this for so long and I couldn't be bothered going back and listening to the last episode. I'm sure we got a, a whole bunch of things incorrect. I'm sure I've got things incorrect already. Um <laughs> I thought what we could do, we, we used to do the news at the time, but I thought we could do a spin on that and check in with some guys and see what's going on with them now. Oh, great. Which yes. could be terrible, but also hilarious. Like this first story that comes from our good friend, Easy E, Eric Bischoff, and he's been making friends as usual. Uh, he's been in the news saying that he enjoyed firing the honky-tonk man. This is a story that he's told a thousand times before, but somehow it's got in the news again this week. <laughs> he, said he says it all, all the time. He says it all the time. Out of the hundreds of people that he has fired over the years, the only person he really enjoyed firing was the honky-tonk man, who was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. So I don't... I think <laughs> I think he's, he needs to have a bit more reverence. Uh, Raven has had a knee replacement. This is what the... News stories are going to be every every month, by the way. <laughs> it's just going to be people having hip and knee replacements. He missed his podcast. So, like, his podcast <laughs> wasn't out and then people freaked out. It's like, what's going on? Why isn't the Raven podcast out? And he, he then tweeted and was like, oh, I'm getting a knee reconstruction. I probably should have told you guys that. I'm fine. But but for two hours, people thought Raven was dead. Um, Sting is filing uh, or has filed a trademark for all of his WCW and TNA face paint and Scorpion logos. So I assume that they, (laughs) I didn't say it was going to be quality. Uh, I assume that they're, would WWE own that stuff? Would they? 
I don't have a clue. Obviously not if he's filing a trademark yeah. for it. Maybe it's only the TNA stuff. They did specifically say WCW, but you would think that WW, you'd think Vince would own that, right? Well, I think it is because he didn't create the character. Like he doesn't. WCW didn't own the character, and so Vince wouldn't own. Vince doesn't own the character, so therefore he couldn't trademark elements of the character. So no, he right. probably wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, well, that's good. Well done, Sting. Also means he's going <laughs> to wrestle for a while, right? If he's trademarking stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to jump off shit onto people every three weeks. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, so it's fine. And look, it wouldn't be a, a WrestleWolf WCW podcast without us, without us talking about the Hulkster. Uh, Hulk, the Hulkster baffled his fans recently with a surprise divorce announcement. Uh, Hogan had earlier posted a video on his Facebook account showing him introducing a woman he calls Sky. <laughs> no surname. <laughs> to, you'll like this part. To poison rock star Brett Michaels. Prompting, wow. Prompting fans to question what happened to his wife, Jennifer McDaniel. This is great. I love this. Uh, after repeatedly being asked about McDaniel, Hogan clarified his relationship status on Twitter. Yo, maniacs, just for the record, the Facebook and Instagram posts are of me and my girlfriend, Sky, he wrote. Uh, I'm officially divorced. Sorry, I thought everyone already knew. Love you, maniacs for life. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And there's one fan, the first comment uh, underneath uh, is, uh, it's not even 6am and I found the most bizarre tweet of the day. (laughs) I mean, the... It is weird for a man of his age to be like, oh, this is is my girlfriend. We're girlfriend and boyfriend. Uh, We kiss in public. Uh, thank you. Goodbye. I just, just say partner. My favourite part is oh, fans noticed the new girlfriend when he was introducing her to Brett Michaels. There's a um, oh, there's brilliant. a reality television show. I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but I did watch uh, all the all the seasons of Brett Michaels' Rock of Love <laughs> because it was. It was like a, it was a romance show, like it was like a bachelor style thing, except all the pretense was gone, and it was just and then like you know, I say this with all due respect, a bunch of a bunch of strippers, basically <laughs> competing to to win Brett Michaels' affection, but then they would constantly all like be like, oh well, you, he just likes you because you sucked his dick, and they'll be like, oh you said that, I heard you sneaking into his room last night, and it's like Brett Michaels was just getting paid to have sex with strippers. <laughs> and then he would they'd interview him and he, he, they'd be like, oh, you know, did you? what did you think of this argument the girls had? And he was like, oh, I don't like arguments, but it's kind of hot. It's like this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, oh, that's my man. Brett Michaels. Uh, every rose okay. does have its thorn. <laughs> Um, well, let's get into the body of the episode now. Oh, there's no news on Chris Benoit. I was sort of wondering what happened to him. Um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll catch you up after the we stop recording. Oh, offline, um, yeah. yeah, offline. Uh, also, I've got some things to tell you about Eddie Guerrero as well. Um, so, <laughs> should we start? Let's start with the most middling part what's your wait and see what was the thing that you're like uh, i don't remember this but maybe it could be good part of the so show. it's it's hard because 
I I sort of remember where a lot of the big things are going. Um, I guess the wait and sees for me were the uh, the one that I think I was most interested in was that they've decided now that Goldberg's this world class wrecking machine. Uh, you know, he's everyone's obsessed with him. He's the most over new star, and they're now going to start telling you a little bit more about who he is as a human being. And as a kid, like I was, it was completely irrelevant to me. Like I didn't give a flying shit about who Goldberg was. As an adult looking back, I know that this is probably around the time where the the shine starts to come off Goldberg. And so I'm just fascinated to see sort of, I guess, how, like, does the shine actually come off Goldberg? He's still a massive star now uh, in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, like, it'll, I think it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't won the championship yet, right? No, 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 he hasn't. He hasn't lost yet. He's he's. There's gonna be there's gonna be hundreds and hundreds of more victories. They're gonna start to really pile up in improbable manners. Like there'll be one week where he's at a hundred, and the next he's at a hundred and thirty-eight. You're like, wow, he's just like fucking trucking dudes <laughs> on the way to the <laughs> the show. Yeah, I do love that. It's such a carny. It's such a carny way of doing things. You know what I mean? Just every week of like 148, 212, 438 wins. I mean, at least with Jade Cargill, she is legitimately winning. You know what I mean? It's not as impressive, but her 50 wins mm. or 30 wins or whatever it's been uh, are real. <laughs> you know? I sort of would like it. if, And they can't do it because they don't have house shows. But I would kind of enjoy it if they just started like really jacking it up. But I know, like they do also the wins and losses count thing, which kind of sucks. Anyway, yeah, it'll, I'm interested in Goldberg. That's that's where I'm interested. Wins you know, and losses like, count kind of sucks. No, otherwise, yeah, you can... fuck that. <laughs> then you become the Fed, man. No, you don't. Become... You, as long as you just tell good stories, that's no. what I like. Don't don't overstructure yourself. Uh, you know that, that that's how you end up, you know, writing a Dean Koontz novel. Yeah, but then the opposite is what's happening right now with Goldberg or the Fed, where it's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. It's the it's the equivalent of the storytellers going, shut up, shut up, don't worry about it. Shh. I'm I'm not saying faking uh, wins, although I do think it would be funny to have like a you know. would be yeah. I mean, if AEW did it now after this Goldberg yeah, 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 yeah. that we're witnessing, it would be fucking hilarious. Like if what this week is Tony Khan just came out and went, and let's all hear it for Jade Cargill, who's at 114 wins, and then just walked. <laughs> on. I would love to see the reaction. I would mm. love to see people lose but their like, minds. Not, not everyone needs to be. Uh, not everyone needs to be top of the rankings to get there, you know. Like the it it leads to oh, and uh, we've now got the the big tag championship match with the Gun Club. It's like ah, uh... <laughs> I actually I have actually come around on the Gun Club a little bit. You just like them because they're obviously friends with Danhausen. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> No, that's, they're, how, they're that's how much they're solidarity good. you live in. You're just will you're you like the friends of your friends. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, a shout out to 
Shout out to RJ City, who's liked another one of my tweets. That's two tweets that RJ City has liked. Dos tweetos. Yeah, man. He's obviously, it doesn't take very long to make the the chat show. (laughs) Must have a lot of time to sit around on Twitter and like people's tweets. But hey, RJ, keep it up. Um, My wait and see is Rick Steiner versus the NWO. And I know it's, I remembered it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, mm. oh, yeah, Rick Steiner like has a thing, like a feud, and it leads up to him versus Scott, right? Mm. Um, and I don't mind it, although it does feel like a huge overreach of like um, Rick blames Scott. Like Rick blames the evil Hulk Hogan for <laughs> poisoning Scott's brain with, you know what I mean? Like it's such a... It's such a bogus... Having grown up in an area like Broadmeadows, I went to school with a lot of people who would always stick up for their, let's say, criminally inclined family members and blame it on cops, uh, you know, transit police. (laughs) Like, it was always someone else's fault that their brother had holed up a, a service station. And it feels a little bit like this, where it's like, well, surely Scott has to take some responsibility for his actions when he's coming out and clobbering dudes in an NWO t-shirt. He, he, I mean, you know, maybe he does, his his new friends are, are boosting him up. I I don't want to like spoil things for you. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. Uh, I want everyone to just like things and have a good time. But uh, this Rick Steiner thing <laughs> is leading to something that. If, if you know, I, I don't know how this, like, whether we'll end up speeding up the schedule a bit, whether maybe sometimes we'll do two a month. Who knows when we're going to eventually get to December, I think, or November. Might be November or October. Anyway, it's sometime this at, year. At this rate, uh, it'll be 2024. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, Chucky comes on the screen. Uh, and oh, threatens Rick Steiner. No, I forgot about. That. <laughs> and oh, it's wow, a real moment. Uh, so, so you, so do, I think you've picked the right one. It's uh, a. <laughs> have, have we had RoboCop uh, World War Three yet? That was yeah, that was that's in, like uh, early nineties, right? Yeah, that's like ninety two or something. Yeah, with like peroxide sting and Ric Flair and yeah, right. yeah. No. Um, I just like Rick Steiner. I don't know. There was something about it at the time, and even now watching it, I still like Rick Steiner. There's just like, he's such an underdog, like, pardon the pun, but he's such an underdog kind of guy. I can't think of, I can't think of an equivalent in a WWE at the moment. He doesn't look, he's not a superstar. I mean, he's not like a super handsome guy. He's not particularly great promo. He's not even really that great in the ring for someone who's got like an amateur wrestling background. He's a very, very good. The, the by this I just point, like, like him. Rick and Scott are not good in the ring by this point. But th- those early, like early Steiner Brothers matches are phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, if he's got, I mean, that's true. That's, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't have any ability, but he's not Bret Hart technically. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. But I just want him to succeed, especially now that he's on his own without Scott. Mm. I'm like, I want him to win a belt <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Like, just a thank you to, from WCW to, to Rick Steiner. Because I know, mm. like, 
he went off and became a real estate agent. He's like one of those wrestlers who like, but like a, out, a, he just got out completely. I think he was like a, a, a I think he did pretty well off. Like, I think he was like a, a very well off real estate agent. What, like, like it wasn't like he wasn't just like working at, uh, you know, Don Swizzlers down the road uh, yeah, doing yeah. your rent. I think it well, yeah. I mean, like he set up his own business, right? Like a property development type thing. Yeah, I assume so. I, I think I think he's anyway. His son's doing really well as well. That must be gratifying. Who? Who? What? He has a son who wrestles. Are you? Is this? Is this a bit? Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. <laughs> just call him. <laughs> They refuse to call him by his name. Still to this day, it's like we can't give WCW any credit whatsoever. No, he's going to call be... him a different name. When they, it's probably even worse than that because he's like on a WWF show, but they're definitely going to bring him up. And because they're just doing the one name thing, he's just going to be called Steiner. Like there is no chance this doesn't happen. He's going to be just Steiner on the main roster. I don't reckon, I reckon that Vince will still be sore on the fact that the Steiner brothers left to go back to WCW in 1993 and he's <laughs> and he's going to fucking bury his son no matter how big a star he could be for him because that's what Vince does. Maybe Vince will die. Never. He's No. Him and uh, fucking Keith Richards and Ringo Starr will be the three people left on earth. <laughs> No matter what happens, just those three fucking marauding around. I have to tell you one thing quickly the about killing Steiner. fields. Because <laughs> I had a, I had a weird like sometimes I fall down Wikipedia holes, and I remembered a little thing about him, um, and I had to look it up. He he ran to because like in America you you run for oh fucking God. everything. He oh ran God. to be a Republican member, or he ran in the primary for the Cherokee County School District in two thousand and six. But they disqualified him because he didn't use his real name. He used his, he used <laughs> his wrestling name. <laughs> and his name's Robert Reichsteiner. Um, Reich. Mm, Jesus. Yeah, look, it's it's yeah, they're gonna they're gonna change Walter's name to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, oh god, he's a Republican. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but who would have thought that this Aging uh, Southern wrestler would be a uh, would Are be. They southern? I don't even know where they're from. Uh, University of Michigan. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not Southern. Yeah, from from Michigan, the Midwest or whatever. Um, should we go with best or worst? Let's go with worst, and we can finish up on best. All right. Um, I got a, I got one to start here. Um, it's a running thing. Uh, casual homophobia. Uh, and by casual, I mean active, explicit, consistent homophobia, <laughs> such as it, the show starts with a video package in which I don't, this I don't, under, I don't understand as a slur, but he's, Roddy Piper says to Hulk Hogan, when I'm done with you, Hogan, you're going to be auditioning with RuPaul. And I was like, does he understand that RuPaul's a drag queen, not... Like, does he mean not he's going to... Yeah. Does he think, yeah, I'm going to castrate Hulk Hogan and therefore he That's will... what he means, but he... Yeah, he or does is not he, know. 
Or is he like, I'm going to do a really good job of your hair and makeup. You are going to look fabulous <laughs> and you'll be on RuPaul. Congratulations. It could just be knowing that these guys did a lot of family wrestling and stuff and it's still like a relatively PG-ish show. It could just mean that like, you know, you're going to look like a girl. But I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that's Roddy. No. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he, he doubles down on the gay slur. Then Hulk Hogan, uh, I believe the the no longer active defensive gay panic, and he beats Roddy Piper up, and then Kevin Nash comes out and he's like, also Roddy Piper is the one who is gay, uh, going you know his his buddy George Michael got picked up the other day, and it's like, crikey, uh, what a what a what a what a what a reference, and then uh, just just casually, and then Jericho's walking down to the ring, and someone holds out a Jericho is gay sign. Turns out Jericho was significantly worse than that. Anyway, the uh, Jer- Jer- Jericho's <laughs> going to incite a riot on the on the along with his friend Don Trump. But the 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 well, let's be fair. Jer- Jericho's wife. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Girl, let's be fair. Yeah. It was just his wife that was part of one of the most insidious moments in American history. Not Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the sheer amount the sheer comfortableness with just being homophobic is remarkable. It's crazy, right? It's just and it's like <laughs> that would be they would have that up on the whiteboard as like now like pointing to them. <laughs> Make sure you reinforce how gay they are as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> Kevin, if you're gonna go out there and make fun of him, make sure you you know you you mention him being gay. Yeah, easy ease backstage. Good stuff. The word, the gay gear that goes down really well. The thing is, it probably does. You know what I mean? Like, it. Pro- I'm not. I'm not condoning it in any shape or form. But I'm just saying, in 1998, in where were they were in Minnesota, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think, think that very clearly in 1998 would have gone in, down pretty well. Yeah, 1998 in the world that gear went down pretty well. <laughs> That's like. true. That's true. Uh, my worst bit, and I've only got one, um, is the Kurt Henning versus Yuji Nagata match, which when oh. it was announced, I was like, oh, holy shit, this is going to be maybe the best technical wrestling wrestling match I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it was just a mess. Like in ring, they, yeah. had, uh, they had Kurt Henning's dad, the axe, at ringside and also Rick Rude's dad as well which i'm not sure was rick rude's dad a wrestler also or was just his dad was there for some oh, reason but they were there. they had set up uh nagata to be punched by the axe mm-hmm. and the axe missed it and took his jumper off and had a shirt on it and said like axe fever or something ridiculous like that or hairy <laughs> axe wound or something and uh just i it was embarrassed like it's so it was so degrade like everything about it and it was awful because these are two guys that i growing up watching the fed in the 80s i mean mr perfect and rick Ruder, legends and you're watching them in 1998 and you're like this is awful the decline in these yeah. two guys i think because 10 years is just phenomenal well i mean perfect goes on when he dies he was still an active member of the wwf roster in 2003 i think 2000 2004 i don't know when 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 he died but he was still popping up for the wwf um but he he had obviously physically 
degraded by this point. I think you could draw out a lot of the matches on this show were like when they were getting in, you know, when you were announced, oh, you've got Ultimo Dragon Wrestling, you've got Chris Benoit Wrestling, you've mm. got uh, Chris Jericho Wrestling. The Chris Jericho match was actually quite good. You've got Saturn Wrestling. Uh, I've got Nagata and Perfect as well. Uh, you've got uh, Scott Steiner Wrestling at this point, a big star. None of these matches were particularly good. Uh, you know, you've got, you've got a world title match with Kevin uh, Nash and Sting. Uh, you know, the, the in-ring in this one was not really up to standard. Pretty pretty poor, especially the standard of wrestling. In Like, and I know there's going to be people like, stop talking about AEW, but the standard hmm. of wrestling in-ring in AEW slash Ring of Honor, or if you don't want to take that in Impact or New Japan is... Hmm. And look in the Fed for what they do. It's all better than this. This oh, yeah. is really sloppy and all over the place. Like the like Eric heavily investing in a lot of older guys is doing wonders for promos and stories and all that kind of thing. But in Ring, wow. it's starting to show mm. that. Yeah, and look like this is know. the go home uh, episode for Spring Stampede nine ninety eight. And I don't know if anyone was really watching this who was non-convinced and then was like, oh, yeah, no, I've got to got to get, <laughs> you know, Roddy Piper's gay and Hulk Hogan's gay. And, uh, and yeah. uh, Hulk Hogan said that uh, Roddy Piper said he was going to rip, uh, rip Hulk Hogan's dick off in a match. So <laughs> I've got to, I just got to watch it. I've got to see if that happens or not. <laughs> you know, the, well, the internet wasn't a thing really in 1998. Like you had to buy it. You just had to buy the pay-per-view to see... Uh, if if uh, Terry Belay's penis was, <laughs> it, it wasn't. Um, as we all learnt several years later. I kind of wish there wasn't a the. I kind of wish there wasn't an internet where the where wrestling was concerned. I think everybody would enjoy everything a lot more if we didn't have. <laughs> Social media, like I know it does a lot of great stuff where you can like uh, get a couple of likes from RJ City on your tweets and stuff like that. <laughs> but you know, I would uh, I would give that up for not getting spoiled. Like I, the, so many big moments in AEW have been spoiled for me in the last couple of years by AEW, <laughs> by their account. You know what yeah. I mean? Like CM Punk is all elite. Are you fucking kidding? Could you wait half an hour before? <laughs> I mean, that didn't get ruined for me, but I'm just saying, I'm sure there was a lot of people who did. I kind of pined for the days of like, you could wait three months and rent the video of Sp- Spring Stampede and not yeah, know yeah, what no, happened. No one was no one was, was doing podcasts uh, with their friends complaining about wrestling for oh, a while. I, I was ranting into a tape deck for 40 minutes, but then just throwing <laughs> it into the Mooney Ponds Creek and hoping someone would pick it up and listen to it. That's how we met. Um, the uh, I've got another bad thing, um, and this is going to be controversial given you are quite genuinely wearing a Brett the Hitman Hart shirt here. Mm-hmm. Brett Hart, after the Montreal Screwjob, is a horrific, horrific presence on television. Oh, what it are is you talking the about? Absolute, so there are multiple... Multiple Bret Hart promos oh. behind the scenes where oh. he's like, where he's like, 
I, I, I'm here to make sure no one else, I got screwed by a promoter, damn it. And, you know, we got to stop talking about this, you know. And he says at one point that, that, you know, him and the fans are sick of talking about him getting screwed. And it's like, well, mate, it's 24 years later. <laughs> it still seems to be the one thing that happened to Bret Hart. But like, and then he's like, he, he dedicates himself to making, he's like, I don't know if I'll win or lose when I get a title match, but I'll make sure it's fair. What the fuck is that? I like that. I liked all of these. I like the fact it's like, okay, it's already that that the Montreal screw job has happened. You can't not talk about it, but don't make it a massive deal. Like you don't have to make it a whole storyline. You know, he comes across to WCW and is like, hey, um, because at that time, whether you were NWO or WCW was a big deal. Like I remember really barracking for WCW and being like, oh, man, I hope Bret Hart's WCW. And for him to come across and be like, I'm going to be a good guy and I'm going to be fair and I'm going to be on the side of WCW and I'm going to be the conscience of the company. I like that. I really like those little vignettes. But but making sure no one else gets screwed in the the one time anyone watching the Attitude Era had seen someone. And it's just also, I've got to point out, at this point, Bret Hart has been around for what? This is April. So he's been around for four months. He's been doing these promos. He refereed uh, the main event at Starcade. Uh, he had a feud with Ric Flair. He had one match. Uh, so he's had one match in that four months. No one is like, oh, you know what I want to see from Bret Hart? Him talking about the Montreal screw job. Like, let's let's get this guy. Uh, let's get this guy uh, having a little. I think he's had. I think he's actually. I think he's had two matches. I think he had a not very good Nitro match as well. Yeah, him. That was not his fault. Him coming in like um, it's about to come up in my best. But him coming in and saving the day, <laughs> like. I as much as I loved it, the the way that you would book this is because Sting is in the middle of a battle with the the NWO falling apart. Mm. But the way I would book this is have Hulk beat Sting for the belt in dastardly ways, and then Hulk Hogan is like, "There is no one, no one. I've now beaten your precious Sting. There's no one who can come and defeat me. I'm the all powerful Hulk Hogan." And then Bret Hart comes to the top of the rank. Cut. That's it. And then you have a feud between Hitman versus Hulk, and Hitman finally gets his revenge on Hulk for fucking being a dick to him ten years earlier. We all we all know why that didn't happen. No, of course, like because a man who's committed to not allowing screw jobs. <laughs> but that like would be, you know, you book the you book the storyline like that. You're utilizing so- everybody to their best. At this point, literally every week is ending with like any NWO match is just like ending with overwhelming run-ins of like people where you're like, oh my god! When you, when you Google the names of these people, it's like always tragic. None of these people had a happy story mm. of the like NWO B team, uh, and and you know I think Virgil now has dementia, so you can't even like make jokes mm. about Virgil. It's uh, the, you know, for a man that's committed to fairness, uh, 
Like, can't you just be? You can't be like anyway. Fuck it. Yes, whatever. I can't wait to see. Well, if you if you have if you're committed to fairness, you can't come in and just start beating someone up in the middle of the match. <laughs> no, but it's just like these guys are whatever else they might be. Like Kevin Nash, except for the the gay stuff, is pretty cool. It does make Bret Hart look like just a giant fucking dork to be like, "Hey, you took you took an extra milk. I'm getting the teacher." Like, he's a on. good guy. That's what good guys do. No, but then there's Sting, who's a good guy, who's not like a you know, he's walking around with a thing. He, he, he goes, "Oh, you know, well, Kevin Nash, you can have your banned power bomb back, buddy." And you know, here's my bat. Like, I just want to beat the shit out of you. You know, like that's cool. There's Stone Cold Steve Austin on the other channel doing. Very cool things, and there's Bret Hart. Like, whatever happened to fairness, eh? Yeah, but <laughs> that's that's the hitman's thing. That's what he does, and it, it's going to take someone with, you know, squeaky clean, impeccable morals to take on the dastardliness of uh, the NWO. You know, that's how it should have been booked. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say, unfortunately. Uh, anyway, anyway, well, what was your what was your best moment of the show? Uh, what was my best moment? I mean, I think Chris Jericho was was the best moment. Uh, I think him him claiming that what was his what was the guy's name that he wrestled? I've completely oh, forgotten shit. it. I don't, I um, Super Callow. Super Callow. Yeah. Him claiming that Super Callow. First of all, saying it's it's Prince Iakea in a bad Super Callow costume. <laughs> Like this is the they're just the clothes Super Calo wears. Every, like they're his good his good wrestling clothes. Um, then you know he he checks the under the referee checks under the mask and then then at the end of the match, which is quite a good, decent match except for a few uh, botches from Super Calo, uh, Prince Iakea runs down uh, and Jericho and him get in a little scuffle and Jericho says, "I didn't know Prince Iakea had a twin." <laughs> uh, which was a very good call. Yeah, you can see, you know, again, like watching Jericho in that segment and that match. It's like, man, Eric and Chris must have really not liked each other because if you're Eric and you're watching that, how you let him walk out the door and go mm. to, to, and I mean, I know people turn around. Oh, it's easy to say that in hindsight, but I mean, it's right that it's glaring how much star potential this guy has, and he's just he's just come off like a year, year and a half run of essentially being a good guy, mm. and done that pretty well as well. And now you're seeing his heel work, which is just a mate, like you know, to the moon. You know, I mean, he. I think the thing you can say about Jericho is. He's never benefited from until he got to AEW and maybe a little bit in New Japan, but he's never benefited from being, oh, this is Chris Jericho. He's the, you know, guy we just chuck in and, you know, he's he's always had to scrap it and prove himself as oh, yeah. a, a real, you know, like in the guy's the first undisputed champion, you know, the guy's Even he, in he's a WCW well, he's a WCW guy who Vince who was small who Vince McMahon eventually had to ha- let have multiple runs with the title because he was mm. the best thing on the show. But even in 2006, and, and like, WWE was starting to get pretty dire by then. Like, so for mm. him to come back, uh, like, Randy Orton was the champ, I think, when Jericho reappeared. And, it get, like, he's talked about it, that he had to, like, 
basically work his way. I mean, yes, he was put straight in the title picture, but he had to kind of prove himself again in mm. 2006 when he'd been around for, you know, what, 12 or 11 years on TV, you know, was one of your biggest stars. Like, yeah, even just like the last run that he had with Kevin Owens, it was still this, it just felt like there was this air of like, eh, yeah, Jericho. Yeah, I think like his his match and his promo were definitely the bits that I was most excited about. There was one other small thing. Um, they kept they kept mentioning the nitro parties, which you know I think are really <laughs> fascinating, bizarre things. Yeah. But at one point, Tony says we receive hundreds and thousands of hundreds and thousands of of thousands of videos of nitro parties a week. I was like, Fuck. <laughs> imagine what the ratings would have been if. Hundreds of thousands of people weren't, uh, you know, if, if they hadn't have been having parties, each of them would have been watching by themselves. But instead, <laughs> potentially millions of people are going to nitro parties every Monday. Yeah, man. I mean, if you extrapolate that out, 24 to 25 million people a week are <laughs> watching yeah. nitro. The uh, it, Tony might just have a loose definition of of, uh, of what a party is, but um, I think if, <laughs> if what people can take away from this episode is that I am clearly a fan of bad numbers in wrestling. Uh, lies are what I like. As as it's a story, just make it up. Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. Belts don't oh. matter. Numbers don't matter. Continuous storyline doesn't matter. <laughs> whatever, just throw it all out the window. Who gives a shit? Agreed. These They're people great. will watch anything. They're great. Well, <laughs> we all know that's probably true. That's true. Uh, yeah, my best, I kind of already touched on this. Was Okay, <laughs> Bret Hart, yes. Let's put my Bret Hart uh, ridiculousness to one side. Shall we put it to the side of your Bret Hart uh, Funko? Is that, yeah, is that let's side? Let's put it to we... side. <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should, should we put it to your the side I, where you have the locks of Bret Hart's hair? I'm too old to have one of these. I mean, I <laughs> I got given it as a Christmas present, and I love it. But I do. I just want to recognise on the record that I yes, I am too old to have a Funko Pop uh, toy on my desk. <laughs> um, I also have a Cookie Monster doll as well. So, like, <laughs> I'm a child. Uh, what I loved about the the main event, and I I promise you, I tried to find something that was my best that wasn't Bret Hart related, <laughs> but I loved the main event because it reminded me of the period of time where I was a full WCW psychopath, you know, mm. and like we're just about to get to Wolfpack, which we've joked about that we love, even though it's universally panned by <laughs> anyone with a wrestling brain, but I just. It brought back a lot of warm memories of watching Nitro at my dad's place on Saturday afternoons or Saturday nights. And I just, I think ultimately, <clears throat> even though we sort of criticised a lot of the in-ring work, it's just fun. Like when I watched yeah. this episode this time around, let's see how we are in six months' time where we're like, oh, God, I can't watch any more of this shit. But right now, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I think it's because there is an element of the people who are making it being maybe a bit detached from it and just being like, oh, let's just have fun. Let's just go mm. and have fun, you know? Like um, I'm sure that probably goes a little bit too far in the next year or so. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just, I thought the Sting, I actually thought the Sting-Nash match was paced out pretty well. I thought if you were going to have a screwy finish, having Macho Man show up, even 
when they had built him. Like, I thought they had built Macho Man being out of action. I thought they built that up well enough for him to be a, mm-hmm. a surprise when he appeared. Yeah, absolutely. And for his cast, you know, he's got a cast on his arm so he can knock Sting out with his cast. Mm-hmm. Like, it all kind of made sense they had built up the fact that bret hart has essentially appointed himself the sheriff of wcw so that's why he's down there so it all kind of made sense why didn't he go by the monday night sheriff that would have been a good uh... (laughs) i would just say like that's what you know in the storyline that's what he said and so he did it so like WCW gets uh, bagged out because of the screwy finishes a lot mm. because, you know, sometimes you just want to see something end. Mm. But um, I thought all of this was pretty good. You know what I mean? You can't have Sting lose the belt going into the pay-per-view, but you want to make Nash still look strong. Mm. I think they did all of that. You want to introduce Bret Hart into the story. You've got Macho Man back. I actually thought it, it is- was all pretty good. It is bizarre that this is the second show running where there's been a world title match between Kevin Nash and Sting uh, in the main event. Like that is very strange booking, but obviously, like you know, that was what they were doing. They were there was huge matches every week on TV, yeah, to get people on to get people to watch because if people didn't watch at that point, there's no TiVo or DVR on demand or anything. You got to get people to watch. At the time, so... Well, I mean, this only got four point something million, so they really are really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to hear what's, what was happening over, uh, over in the, the WWF? I'm sure it was probably something cool. <laughs> no, no Monday Night Sheriff to stop them from, from schmoz. I'm sure they've got some shit on their show. Let's let's uh, let's have a look and see what's. Over. This is this is and this is actually maybe my favorite part of these shows because you know the narrative on like oh look you know it's it's not right that WCW was just an absolute shit show, uh, but it's also not right that the Attitude Era was very good outside of three performers. Anyway. Uh, the oddities, the- anyone? I'll just remind us. <laughs> Exhibit A, the oddities. Well, wait, wait, wait till you. Uh, the disciples of the apocalypse, Skull and Eight Ball. <laughs> yeah. Versus Los Bariquas, uh, Savio Vega and Jose Estrada. Oh wow. Uh, well, that's a that's certainly a reaction to them. Um, that ended. Oh, that in was no just contest. an old man reaction to like, oh yeah. <laughs> it, it was a it was a chain match uh, that ended in no contest. Two minutes in, uh, <laughs> Taka Michinoku defeated Jeff Jarrett with Tennessee Lee uh, by disqualification. Three minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is this is this is this is one. Once again, so we've got a two-minute match and a three-minute match. Then we get Terry mm. Funk and Two Cold Scorpio. Oh, hello! Defeated the Quebecers, which is PCO, one of them. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, uh, it is two minutes and fifteen seconds. However, uh, how long is Raw at this point? Two hours? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. It, my memory is that it was two, but it might have been three by this point. Uh, Ken Shamrock definitely three, but yeah, Nitro is definitely three. Uh, Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman 
versus the Midnight Express. Uh, I don't know if you remember who the Midnight Express at this point were. It was Bombastic Bob, which is Bob Holly, and Bodacious Bart, which is Bart Gunn. Um, This match, obviously, uh, to keep in the earlier theme, ended in a double disqualification, (laughs) uh, but was three minutes and 46 seconds. Oh, my God. So I'd say that's about your first hour. <laughs> they they pro- the, the problem with these is they don't have the you know maybe you got you definitely would have got and what WWF were very good at in 1998 and 1997 was they would have had Steve Austin all over this show and Vince all over this show leading mm. to the end of the episode like they were very good at linking everything through and having lots of Steve Austin yeah, uh, you know, maybe Mankind gave a promo. Maybe Undertaker did something dopey that people were like. Oh, he's a legend. He's like he's oh, he's had four good matches. Um, anyway, um, that's my <laughs> can't wait for his podcast. Oh, is he do? It's not he's a Conrad doing... podcast, is it? No, no, he's doing a WWE one. I just like uh, it's oh, going to be man, shit. Talk about because... killing the gimmick, man. But imagine how good it's going to be when he's like, "When I rest in peace." I rest in me undies. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's just going to be fucking delightful. Um, and then maybe we can all agree that Undertaker has only had four good matches. Anyway. And that's when he rested in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have trouble deciding what to eat at, at night? Well, why not? You fucking get good foods or whatever the fuck it is. That's, I, 55% I think percent of men suffer from... <laughs> Uh, uh, here we and this is where so this is probably about the start of this is this is are you having problems performing in the bedroom (laughs) maybe blue two is the (laughs) okay we're back in raw we've got got Owen Hart defeating Billy Gunn uh, in 8 minutes and 30 seconds now I'm imagining a sitcom I'm imagining Marin sitcom but with the mm. Undertaker in it, so it's just the daily life of the Undertaker doing his podcast, like living in his cool house in his cool suburb in LA, getting upset at other comedians and podcasts for small, tiny things. Yeah, well, he'll be like, "Pal, you, I just shit my pants." You can't overturn <laughs> Roe versus Wade on an empty stomach. DoorDash dot com. Um, <laughs> The <laughs> so that's eight, eight minutes and thirty seconds for Owen Hart and Billy Gunn. That's a good match. Uh, I don't mm. know if it was a good match, but uh, you also have good. Triple H, Ch- X Park, China, and the Road Dog there. Uh, oh, so all of all of those thirty-five-year-old degenerates uh, <laughs> prancing <laughs> yeah. about millionaire um, degenerates. And then uh, in the main event, you've got WWF. Champions Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon, uh, with Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe, Sergeant Slaughter, and oh, Shane. The Stooges are out there, right? Uh, which, yes, you, you guessed it, ended in a no contest. <laughs> oh my God. Was there any results on the car? Yes, yeah, there oh, were. Oh, oh, uh, so, no, Terry Funk and Two Cold Scorpio won, and mm-hmm. uh, Owen Hart won. Okay. Other than that, we had a no contest, a DQ, a double DQ. And a no contest. Right. Um, I would have watched WCW. 
that's that. It's going to get harder as Mick Foley appears more because Mick is so good. Yeah, Mick, I liked. I mean, I, I didn't. I genuinely, and this isn't me trying to reframe things now because I'm not a massive Fed fan now. I didn't watch a lot of the Attitude Era, and then when I've gone back and watched it, you know, I didn't hate it. And I like, I liked the Undertaker. I don't hate the Undertaker as much as you do. I like the Undertaker. Stone Cold is just cool. Like, it's yeah, just, you know, it was hard to be like, oh, I don't know, like Steve Austin. Um, and I really like Mankind, and Kane was kind of. I was into Kane a little bit, but there wasn't. I don't remember anyone else. I actually like Degeneration X. I can't lie. I liked the first version. I liked the second version as well. I didn't like Triple H after, like on his own. But, I um, like Triple H. I'm a Triple H fan, but um, I I was not a huge fan of the people who walked around pointing at each other's dicks, uh, pointing at their their own dicks. To be fair, I was like, first yeah. of all, I was I was like eight years old, so I was like, suck what? How? <laughs> <laughs> They're just telling people that they've got a penis or a vagina, and it's right here. It's, it's, uh, it got very repetitive. I did like uh, the Road Dog and Billy Gunn, but yeah, I didn't their like intro is cool. I feel like there's stuff that I'm forgetting. I mean, Vince I really is like very good as a bad um, guy. Oh, Vince I mean, is Vin- phenomenal. Vince is an awesome bad guy at that point. Hmm. Um, and there were weird. There was weirdness. There was a real Jerry Springer freak show weirdness. To raw, mm. uh, I mean, the Rock like, was like quite remarkable. As as a is the Rock know, around, the Rock is around at this point, right? But he hasn't been. The Rock at like this, uh, I think rock, the Rock the at rock, this right? point is moments from main eventing. Ninety eight's the first time he main events Mania, isn't it? Against Stone Cold. It's and it's not a very good yes. match. Their first, their first Mania is not good. Their second Mania is very very good. I don't. I don't remember. Like I'm not being a dickhead. I just, I just generally don't remember. I mean, that's, that's a it. good top of the card, and they're obviously a lot younger than WCW. But mm-hmm. me personally, I like. I love the cruiserweights. I like their tag team division better. I'd like the old guys as well. You know, like I like watching those dudes. And NWO is cool. I I like the splintering of NWO. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I it would be a long time before I'd be like, yeah, I'll check out Raw. Yeah. No, but we'll see. We'll see how we go. Maybe, maybe things will get so grim that you'll be like, "Ah, eh, wouldn't it be hilarious let's, let's... if we just like by two thousand, we're like, well, let's just do raw, and then we just <laughs> switched across to, <laughs> to raw." Yeah, but let's do it in two thousand and like two thousand and fifteen. Let's get that yeah. raw at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we we go to two thousand fifteen raw. Yeah. Oh God, no, no CM Punk. I think Brian. It's Daniel Bryan had his concussion at that point. Yep. That's it's the oh, really no. uh, who's in there? No, senior mate gone. Bray Wyatt. Um, oh, I do like Bray Wyatt. Uh, Bray Wyatt sucks anyway. Bray no, Wyatt sucks just like The Undertaker sucks. No, look, if WWE are going to do weird, weird, carny sports entertainment, then they should be doing stuff with guys like Bray Wyatt, but they're not because they fired him. Mm. And he they never they did one really great thing with him, and the rest of it was just anyway. No, man, the fun house was great when it first started, and then fucking Vince started getting involved. Yeah. 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 It anyway. was. Yeah, anyway. Where, this is, we, watch, we've been would, revisiting Bray Wyatt. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely watch Nitro over Raw. I'm still, I'm still team WCW. 
All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see if we can't beat you out of that. No, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I'm a lifelong WCW fan. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> you, you love debating things so much that you just constantly take the Fed side in discussions that we have. And then I'll get halfway through and be like, why? I know we're on the same side here. <laughs> but you'll always be like, yeah, but what about blah, blah? And I'll be like, and I'm like, and then I realize like, ah, oh, he's chuckling on the other side of Melbourne to himself, watching me get worked up about <laughs> fucking wrestling match that happened 25 years ago uh, <laughs> like that exactly like that uh on that network on that note um uh well, let's leave it there thank you to everyone who's been uh listening um you know our numbers go up uh basically every month incrementally it's always very small so i'm not trying to like uh, humble brag too much here but uh, that happens because you guys tell your friends about it, and we really appreciate it. So if you can continue to do that, that would be great. Rate and review us where you know wherever you you can do that. Um, if you were a fan or are a fan of the WCW stuff, and you know other people who are into it, tell them because there aren't that many WCW podcasts out there. Um, you know, and I think we we like it's just fun. It's just fun. Like watch the episodes and then listen to the podcast. It's always a good time. Uh, but until next time, brother dudes, may your wrestling be good wrestling. Good night.